0: Welcome, everybody, to a very exciting, very special edition of KickServeRadio.com, a U.S. Open special with newly minted 2018 U.S. Open Mixed Doubles champion, Bethany Maddox-Sands. Bethany, congratulations. Are you still on cloud nine?
1: (laughs) I am. I'm still letting it sink in. However, I just got back to Phoenix from New York City. I got 48 hours at home, and then I turn around and go right to Asia, hitting up. uh, korea first and then i go to china so not too much time to celebrate but wow what an amazing couple of weeks i was in new york city for three weeks i can't it went by so fast
0: bethany it's got to be exciting anytime you win a major championship you're getting a little more used to it now winning your eighth <laughs> in new york but it's another thing for an athlete to go through what you have gone through with your knee virtually blowing up at Wimbledon in 2017. We saw you here in Colorado. You were so sweet to come in, you and Justin, uh, and lend your services to our charity event here. And it looked like you were maybe, maybe not ready for Indian Wells and here you are a few months later winning a U.S. Open Mixed Doubles title with Jamie Murray. Talk about how much more special it is to have done it under the circumstances.
1: No, it's. I mean, it was amazing. It was something that uh, last year I knew I wanted to come back and play. And I knew I wanted to not just come back, but make an impact, come back to where I left the left the court last year. And honestly, if I was in that mindset last year, it was too far away. I had to literally learn how to walk again. I had to learn how to run again. I had to learn how to split step again. I had to learn how to trust my movement, my recovery. And it was such a big journey. And I, as much as this trophy means to me, and it means a lot. My emotions got the best of me when I was taking my acceptance speech and and thanking everyone, but I was just thinking back of all the small steps and all the weeks of all the training and mental focus that I put in to getting that trophy, and Really, it was actually one of the best atmospheres. We got to play in Arthur Ashe Stadium, and it was packed. Like, we had such a good crowd. I actually did a giveaway on my Instagram. I had some extra tickets, so I got some people to come in, had some amazing fan support. And, I mean, really, it was the first time I played with Jamie Murray, and he's such a positive guy. So cool, so low key. Very cool dichotomy because he was pretty low key and chill, and I was super energetic. And it was really the combination of both that got us through some of those tie breaks. I mean, we played a lot of great teams, and the emotions were high. I just remember. I think one of the best shots uh, for me in that match was in the tiebreaker in the finals. We were down four one. We came back four two, and at down four two, I hit this ridiculous like lab volley winner. And I had been watching Jamie hit this shot for the last two weeks. I mean, Jamie Murray's hands are unreal at net. He plays a little unconventional from the back, but at the net, his hands and touch volleys, he's got the softest hands on tour. I mean, it's one of the reasons he's been number one in the world in doubles and has grand slams of his own. He won last year U.S. Open with Martina Hingis. But I came up with this shot in the tiebreaker, and it was, the crowd went crazy. I got pumped up. And, you know, for me, when I talk, I get a little emotional talking about it, but doubles is about energy and that's what those are the teams that do the best when you come together you communicate and you get your energy up no matter what whether you're down whether you're up doesn't matter those are the teams that win and I've, it just meant the world to me coming back and building and building to this moment to carry that trophy off the court
0: you know, Bethany, when I thought that the comeback was complete, and you described it so well with you and Jamie, and I really love the, en- the energy of your opponents as well, but when I knew that Bethany Maddox-Sands was all the way back, maybe even Ansem, was the way you jumped out of the gym. When, when Jamie Murray hit that winner to end that match, that 11-9 tiebreaker, <laughs> you could have probably done a 360 dunk, you know, Michael Jordan style, as high as you got up in the air. I've never seen you get up like that.
1: <laughs> Listen, I looked at the pictures afterwards, and I was like, one, adrenaline can do a lot to your athletic performance, and two, I should have been taking more overheads, I think.
0: Yes.
1: (laughs) That's how excited I was. I mean, I feel like my vertical leap has improved a lot, but yeah, that picture, I posted that picture on my Instagram, because I thought it was so
0: epic. (laughs) There were so many storylines from this U.S. Open, Bethany, and clearly you and Jamie were the shining stars. I know that, that you were probably thrilled for one of your former uh, mixed doubles partners that you won the French Open with, Mike Bryan, to see him win not only Wimbledon, but now the U.S. Open with Jack Sock. Uh, how excited were you for those guys? Now, they, they played their final after you guys did, Correct.
1: They actually played their final before us. Oh,
0: they did? Okay, sorry. Yeah,
1: they played it on the Friday. So I got to see them win. I actually saw them celebrating in the player garden um, before I left on that Friday. So I talked to Jack, and I got to see Mike. And I played mixed doubles with both of them. I won a gold medal with Jack. And then I've won a grand slam with Mike, and we've done well at some other ones. And I'm super happy to see them do well. And they crushed it. I mean, they played some great tennis. It's interesting because Bob, the only reason Mike is playing with Jack is because Bob has been out with a hip surgery, and he's looking to come back. But it's going to be a tough choice between Jack or his twin brother Bob because I tell he's had some great results. And honestly, it's an inspiration because Mike's 40. I'm 33. I feel like I have a lot of years left looking at him. He's number one in the world with two slams
0: this year. Well, now let's talk about that because you are 33 and you've won all of the majors in in women's doubles and in mixed doubles except for Wimbledon. So Wimbledon has been your albatross. I mean, obviously that's where you got hurt. Is there a chance that you could maybe set a goal of completing both Career Grand Slams in both mixed doubles and in ladies doubles in the same year at the same tournament. I've got to believe nobody in the history of the sports ever done that.
1: Uh, you know what? I'm not too good with stats, so I'll, I'll leave that up to you to find out. But it's definitely—trust me—it's definitely on my radar. And you know, Lucy and I—that was our first tournament back this year, and it, we made the quarterfinals, yep. played a tough three-set match um, that we lost to get into the semifinals. But we were playing great tennis. I feel like it's not that far away. I do love playing at Wimbledon and even after everything that happened, I think grass really suits my game style. Yep. I like playing on it. I was playing big tennis, so it's definitely up there for me. I mean, right now, listen, I, I like to win trophies. It doesn't matter if it was the Grand Slams, if it was Miami, Charleston. It's a lot of fun to keep winning matches. But trust me, I we both Lucy and I know that that's the one we were missing, and I know that that's it's the spot that's missing from my – trophy collection on my shelf so it's definitely I'm definitely putting it out there and going to be training for the grass season next year
0: my very special guest today on kickserveradio.com is really for my money America's sweetheart and in American tennis right now Bethany Maddox-Sands and Bethany we talked a little bit about Jack Sock and you did win a gold medal with him how does a guy go from an amazing year in 2017 playing singles to really struggling on the singles court yet I heard both John McEnroe and Justin Gimmelstaub rightfully call him the best doubles player in the world right now. It would seem like if you're confident, you're confident. If you're not, you're not. Why is this guy so much more confident on the doubles court than he seems to be on the singles court right now?
1: Well, you know what? I think Jack's always done great in doubles. I mean, he has a Wimbledon title. Uh, he has a U.S. Olympic title back with Melanie Dan And it's, right. I, I feel like he's always played good doubles, had good positioning, takes his singles strength with his big forehand, his big returns. He can go down the line across courts, which sometimes like messes the doubles-only players up a little bit. And he just brings all those strengths to the doubles court. So I think he's always been a great doubles player. Now, singles, he had an amazing year last year. But honestly, you see that sometimes, even in the women's, You have someone coming on a year, playing the best they've ever played, and they just keep building and building, and all of a sudden their ranking is top ten. It's always that second year when you have to defend points that you see what what all these players are built and every once in a while you'll see like a little bit of a lag but if they're good players they're going to regroup and they're going to come back so I'm not really I'm not really worried about that I've seen this a few times and so it really the turnaround could be a double match it could have been this U.S. Open title it could be one singles match that you win in a tiebreaker that turns your whole year around that's that's what tennis is about and so you just got to really kind of keep that positive attitude And, I mean, there's, again, there's a few people that have dropped down, but as long as you're getting chances, as long as you're feeling healthy, I think players as good as Jack have an opportunity to get their singles ranking
0: back up. It would be hard for me to imagine, Bethany, that as we leave New York, that questions aren't being asked either openly or or to themselves about where the future of Roger Federer and Rafael Nadal are after these somewhat disappointing performances. And as you say, you know, one event, one tournament, one result does not a career make. But at some point in time, as they say, Father Time is undefeated. Did we possibly see Father Time maybe showing its ugly head in the locker rooms of both Roger Federer and Rafael Nadal at this tournament?
1: Well, I think it was tough on Roger. That's the first time. I, I played a mixed doubles match on Louis Armstrong the night Roger was playing Millman. I finished my matches, probably the heaviest humid day that I have played in in years that I can remember playing US Open. I remember looking up after my match, looking up at the screen and seeing how much Roger was sweating. And I just said to myself, I've never seen him sweat this much. Like, he looked like he was struggling out there. Yeah. So I don't, like, Brad just got ice in his veins. Usually he's got one glistening sweat dropping down his eyebrow and flicks it off. And he's good to go. Right. And I mean, at the end of the day, we're all of our careers are eventually gonna come to an end. But I like how everyone's approach approaching it. Both Roger and Rafa are like, as long as I'm passionate and feeling good, like I'm gonna keep playing. I'm not putting a number on when I'm ending. And that's kinda of similar to what I've said every year, hey, how do I feel? Am I still inspired? Does tennis still bring am I still passionate? Am I am I feeling great? mentally and physically, I'm going to keep going. I'm going to play. And I like that Roger goes out and plays for the love of the game. And really, I mean, I, I think he had one of the shots of the tournament with his, if you guys watched the Curios match, with his around the post oh winner. Goodness. I mean, he still, he's still got the magic, I think. And whether he wants to play another year, this is the best we've seen. He's all, he, I mean, he's going to be the greatest of all time. And Novak's, so like, not too far behind. No. I mean, there was a moment, like, years ago where we thought no one was going to touch Pete Sambres' record. And here we are a few years later with a couple guys closing in.
0: Yep. No question, and Novak tied him, and of course, Rafa and Roger, you know, with seventeen and and twenty. Uh, Bethany, I, I as much as I hate to talk about it because it's all anybody's talked about. I, I, you know, I have to ask you, what's the takeaway from this women's final? I mean, we have just we've had so many people coming out of left field. I mean, there was comments about even even to the extent of saying that Katrina made inappropriate comments, which I thought was ridiculous when she made the comment. This wasn't the outcome we were hoping for. Some people suggested that that meant that she was specifically rooting for Serena, whereas, in my opinion, she was basically saying we had hoped that this would not be such a controversial, you know, kind of weird ending to a tennis match. What's the whole takeaway from from all of this, in your opinion?
1: You know what? I'll, I'll honestly, here's, here's the deal. I think Naomi Osaka was playing amazing tennis, and up until the point that every, this controversy happened, she was beating Serena Williams. No question. I think past that, Everything happened between the umpire and Serena that happened. Serena was able to hold, and Naomi Osaka was still able to close out that match under that pressure. It was her first slam final. It was, she's 20 years old. She's never been in that situation. Arthur Ashe Stadium, playing against the greatest of all time, took a few minutes where Serena's... I mean, there's, there's a lot going on there that could have easily gotten Naomi off her game she stayed focused and still closed it out I think Naomi Osaka's performance is what we should take away from this Serena's trust me I think we're all so attached to Serena's story and I've even said before she's inspiring she's a mom she's come back beaten the odds and she's lost in two finals losing to great players though and it's okay and I think we emotionally were kind of on this Serena train and even just being an American and playing in the U.S. it was just it was all about Serena. And at the end of the day, Naomi Osaka was playing better at that moment and was beating Serena Williams. So I, I hope that, you know, more than that is not taken taken from this. You know, it's an, it's an emotional stance right now. You know, there's an umpire that's not necessarily breaking the rules, but could he have been uh, handled it in a little bit more subtle way? Possibly. Could Serena have handled it in a more subtle way possibly but it's nobody really did anything wrong and it's i know it's a big blow up but that's why i'd like to kind of shift the attention from that to how well naomi osaka played first player from japan to win a grand slam i mean there's so many amazing moments there and it was it's nice for me to see just another uh, uh, another champion i think that's really that's the takeaway for me
0: well and the takeaway for me was and I was asked to come on quite a few shows this past week and and speak about the US Open and my shift was on to you. Because for me, Bethany, watching you come back from where you've been and to see the joy that you show and that you bring and and what you have become in American and just in professional tennis uh you know, internationally has been such a thing of beauty to, to watch. And and you know when we watched Andre Agassi have a lot of the best results of his career north of the age of 30 you could sort of look toward in my opinion Gil Reyes as sort of this rock you know this 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 inspirational uh, strength coach but he wasn't just a strength coach physically he was a strength coach between the ears uh, and emotionally as well and and from what i'm seeing with you it seems like you've kind of got that with Justin and to see uh, a married couple have what you guys have and to see him where he is in in your career and in your life and, and how that continues to to give you strength really is a thing of beauty. And, and to myself and Sarah and so many of the other people that have been around you, we really feel like that's a lot of the reason for your success is because your marriage and your family life is so strong.
1: Amazing. And you know what? Justin has been my ride. We're going to be married for 10 years now. Crazy to think that I'm hitting double digits. But he's just seen me through not only three separate surgeries and helped basically carried me to downstairs to the kitchen, brought me food and bed. He's been there through my wins and my losses, ups and the downs. And he's just really, I mean, really, he's been my rock through everything. He's been able to travel with me for most of my career. And he's just, he's, he's such a, he does such a good job just taking care of things, just taking care of the details so I can go out there be fresh and ready and play my tennis and I love him I mean that's he's just an amazing person amazing guy if you get to know him a lot of people are intimidated intimidated by him he's a pretty big guy and he comes across a little serious sometimes he's got his red man chew in his mouth during my matches you know he's not a typical tennis fan per se but he's such an amazing person and I'm really lucky to have him in my life
0: he allows you to be The fighter that you have always been and continue to be and Bethany I said it once I'm going to say it again you really are as tennis goes America's sweetheart and I know that Chris Everett is more than happy to pass that on to you because she speaks so (laughs) glowingly of you and clearly you guys are so close and I know that you're moving toward uh, the career path that she has taken Uh, you've already done a great job with that even though your playing days aren't over yet I'm so thrilled to see you win this US Open and I just hope more successful days like this her ahead because that million dollar smile you've got never gets old to see
1: <laughs> thank you that's so sweet and yeah christine and i have been friends for a long time i first met her when i was 12 years old i went to Everton academy down in boca raton and i've she's seen me through all my junior years all my pro years and we've kept in touch and she's she's just awesome and i've gotten the chance to do some commentating with her for espn and it's been a lot of fun. I mean, at U.S. Open this year, I was juggling both. I was playing, training, and I was doing some commentary or studio work for ESPN. So it was—I uh, had two jobs going. It was a pretty busy three weeks for me. But really, I was—I'm was passionate about tennis. I'm doing what I love, so I couldn't be happier.
0: Well, I speak for all the tennis fans at large, not just in Denver, Colorado, not just in Colorado, not just in the United States, but in the world, and saying we love you and uh, and, and congratulations again on, on what happened in New York, Bethany.
1: Oh, thank you. I Trust me, I have some of the best fans out there. And, you know, all the comments and emails that I get on my social media, I read them and I really appreciate all the love and support. I really, It really means a lot to me.
0: Well, we'll hopefully get together and visit like this again. Have a great rest of the year.
1: Awesome, thanks. I'll talk to you soon.